Uh, we're going to have Brother Jamie Jackson come up to preach. I'm excited. Uh, you heard him this morning, and uh, we're back for round two, so I'm excited about that. And uh, they, they've been traveling a lot, and uh, they, they've been, they were here for us today, and we're thankful for that, thankful for Brother Jackson's lifestyle that he's lived, the testimony that he is. And uh, again, I mentioned this morning, but just a dear friend or a pastor. And uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, preacher puts men in his life that are encouragement to him and that he's able to help and encourage as well. And that's what friendship is about. And uh, so we're thankful for uh, for Brother Jamie Jackson, his wife, Miss Sarah, being here with us today. Let's do this. Let's give him a round of applause. He comes up to preach for us. You say, why in the world would you blow a kiss to everybody? <laughs> Those one of the, that's one of the things that uh, when pastor was my uh, youth pastor, one of the things that he taught me. Uh, oftentimes our church, what, it wasn't man worship. We simply was getting, boy, we simply were thanking the man of God who had paved the way and had fought. And we were just trying to be an encouragement to them. So oftentimes they would <clears throat> come to our church. And they would come to our church. Oftentimes you would see when they would get to this point. And boy, they would come up and people would be cheering and people would be acknowledging them. It's just like a soldier. When you walk up to a soldier and you're like, thank you for your sacrifice. Oftentimes we know who we are. And we know that we're just doing our job. So it's kind of like, uh, 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 you don't really know what to do. And eventually, you know, you tell people to sit down. And someone who has it done to them quite often will know to turn to the people on the platform and be like, sit down. Because then they sit, then everybody else will sit. But there was one who was a master at it. And that was Brother House. And Brother House, he would come to the pulpit, and he immediately would, would look at the individual, and he'd see that they're not sitting. Then all of a sudden, he would just start blowing kisses and start doing stuff, and he would make everybody laugh. And what it did, it, it broke the tension. And then he would be like, sit. <laughs> then everybody would sit down. And he was a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, I got to know Pastor from a young age, and it's, he is the real deal. He, he's what you see is what you get from him. Uh, sometimes it could be at your expense. Sometimes it could be at, at others' expenses. But I, I can truly tell you this. You have a great man of God. I hope that you take advantage of it. Because the devil knows who he is and what he, how he can help your family. It's not because he's some great man of God. It's not because he's anything. It's because he literally is like, Lord, what will you give me? That way I can give my people. And there's nothing, there's a sincereness that comes from that. Can I tell you, I remember, <clears throat> I still play some games only at select churches that I learned from pastor. One was called FBI and Fugitive. Literally on this property, oh, it would be awesome to do, to run. Maybe I could tell you, and you could do it as an activity, and it would be one of those payback for pastors okay. that, we could, <laughs> that we could absolutely do. The reason why I remember it, and it sticks out so good in my mind, instead of telling you all the rules and going through everything, it's basically 
a really advanced hide-and-seek. And well, I remember running and running away from people and doing stuff. I was pretty fast, and well, I remember just running, and <clears throat> I would let somebody get super close to me, but not close enough to where they could get me and run away from them, and I would constantly play this game of mouse and cat and, you know, running back and forth. And I remember one time, boy, I went by, ran by a pastor who was my assistant pastor at the time. Boy, I went by them, and I can remember seeing everybody saying, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And I thought that was a way to slow you down. That way they could tag you and you were it. So I was running, 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 and I was like, no way. And all of a sudden, boom, bright light. And then I hit the ground, boom. I mean, all coolness went out. You're just, <laughs> what had happened? You ever seen one of the poles? You ever seen from the poles outside, you see that silver line? Oh. Now they put plastic over it. <laughs> this was before they thought about that. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm running. Everybody's like, no, 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 because they said from where they were, they could see the light bouncing off of it. Mm. Where I was, it was total darkness, and it had <laughs> blended in. And I remember it caught me here, and I was running so fast that when it caught me, I flipped completely around the wire. And when I landed, boom, on the ground, that's when it took all the air out of me. Of course, Pastor, the individual that was chasing me, walked right up to me, and the individual said, Tag, you're it. And Pastor's like, that's official. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> There are many different times in my life with Pastor where things were amazing. But there also were times where it was heartache. Boy, he was with me when I had to bury one of my dearest friends. Um, Pastor will tell you, plenty of times he pulled me in as the youth director and threatened my life and my friend's life at the same time uh, because he knew that one of us knew what was going on. One time we said, uh, uh, I probably shouldn't be telling you this. <laughs> <clears throat> One time we thought it was the coolest things. Kids never, ever, ever, ever do this, ever do this. We, we found a, a, a thing called a stink bomb, and we decided, hey, how cool it would be if we sat at some place in the church and <clears throat> ended up being the, the men's restroom. I, before we could set it down, we were trying to set it up, then all of a sudden you hear... And he was like, oh, no. And I was like, what? He's like, dude, it broke. It broke. It broke. Like, it broke where? It broke in the man's restroom, like right underneath the toilet. And I was like, are you serious? So we ran out of the bathroom. Of course, we're giggling and laughing like, oh, man, we're about to die. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> Came out of the, the church, went right by pastor, right by Brother Bush, like, hey, how, how are you doing? And he had that look like, why are you guys running? What is going on? I remember the church service had started. We completely forgot about it. Everybody's singing. Everybody's rejoicing. And you can hear people in the back like. <laughs> They're just singing along. Then all of a sudden, from one vent to the next vent, it started creeping up through the church. 
Finally, we were there, and we're midway through the auditorium, and we're like, <laughs> we looked at each other, and then all of a sudden, we looked at the platform, we saw Brother Bush, like, I need to speak with you later. <laughs> I remember the preacher preaching, and I remember as he was preaching, I remember when it got to him. Because he was like, and God said, <laughs> when he kept preaching, and all of a sudden he'd be like, <laughs> you can tell he was trying, and there was nothing more hilarious to us at that point in time than seeing the preacher trying to hide it when it was clear and obvious to everybody. Until we got into Pastor Bush's office. He didn't call anybody else to the carpet. He just called us. It was like we were guilty until proven innocent. Only problem is we had nobody to prove us innocent. Because we were definitely guilty. But can I tell you this? Through all that, I know that I have a dear friend. A dear friend of God. Well, we did everything from go to Cedar Point. I mean, hit every theme park that you possibly can hit. Over 30 uh, roller coasters that, that we rode. We've been there, done that, and literally got the T-shirt. And I can tell you and thank you for being a friend to uh, your pastor. Um, it encourages me. I check in from time to time um, with pastor. And I also check in with you, with some of you. Like one individual in the back, I didn't ask him about this, or I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't uh, ask him to if I could use his name, so I won't. But I was like, "Hey, how's your new house?" Because me and Pastor, we were just talking. And I said, "Hey, my mind's been on so and so. How is he doing?" And my Pastor was just filling me in on what God was doing here. Just like you, I get a text message almost every morning about Pastor. Yep, some of you are like, "Yep." Yep, sometimes it's a great thing. Sometimes I'm in Montana and I'm a few hours difference away and literally it's like one, two in the morning. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Going back to sleep. (laughs) But it's always great to know that someone's praying for you. Someone has your back. If you could turn with me, Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Is where we want to be. I believe that this is the direction that God wants us to go. When I came down, I came down. But when I came back up, God laid upon me a different message for such a time as this. Can I tell you, God is good. Whether it's in the mountaintops or the valley. Listen to y'all. Listen to y'all. Boy, most churches you say that and you want a response like that and they're just like. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I I definitely know that. All right, I'm going to do something here. It wasn't planned. But uh, we do it like this. Oftentimes when I have youth rallies and I have stuff, boy, I challenge teenagers. I haven't done it in West Virginia, uh, to any West Virginian, so 
we're going to do it here and see how you guys line up to everybody else. Oftentimes, it, it's like this. It'll be back and forth between me and you. I'll say it like this. I'll say, when it's good, you say, like, amen. That's like somebody giving you a Reese's peanut butter cup, chocolate and peanut butter, heaven. Amen. It's like, you're like, woo, amen. Like, amen. Then all of a sudden, boy, they up it. And it's a Reese's peanut butter cup, but then all of a sudden it's got, boy, a few dollar bills underneath it. Then I'll, so I'll say when it's good, and then you say amen. And then I say when it's real good, then you say, ooh, like amen. Like, ooh, you set up, and then you say amen. And then I'm like, when it's real, real good, then you say amen. All right? Everybody got me? Everybody understand? Look at some of you, you're like, ooh, yes. <laughs> And some of you, we're going to see who has rhythm and who doesn't. <laughs> All right? So there's where we go. When it's good, we say. Amen. When it's real good, we say. Amen. When it's real, real good, we say. Amen. amen. Woo. Well, amen. <laughs> One individual in this section looked like she was surfing. She was like, Amen. <laughs> Huh? Bless her heart. And somebody in the back here was just like. <laughs> I did, I did. Oh, oh, oh. I'm supposed to clap. Oh. <laughs> Looked like they were drowning. <laughs> so why would you do all that? It's good to laugh in God's house. Good to put a smile on your face and realize that God is in control. Oftentimes as I travel, people are like, God's coming back. He's coming back. Look what's happening in Israel. Of course he's coming back. And the reason why we know he's coming back is because he told us he's coming back. But he also said that no man knows the time nor the day. So with you saying that he's coming back, guess what he's not going to do? Not going to come back at your appointed time. Boy, I can make a lot of money, save people a lot of heartache by coming out with a book. Saying he's coming back on this particular time, and these are the things, and people will come and buy that book up like nobody's business. And then I'll come out with a second version, and the reason why is because that one didn't come true. And if it did, hey, there's no refunds, so (laughs) it's all good. But we come here in Luke chapter 15. Oftentimes when we go here, it is a good Youth reference to the prodigal son. Oftentimes we read verse chapter 15 and verse 11. It says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger one of them said, Father, Father, give me thy portion of good that followeth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Can I tell you this? That wasn't my dad. I can imagine me going to my dad and saying, Father, divide me what you work for because I want my portion of goods. My dad, here's what the conversation would go like. Excuse me? I know you are your mother's child, but have you lost your mind? You want what I've worked for? You want what I've did? Son. What is wrong with you? Have you, have someone beat you senseless? 
to where you come to me asking for my money, that I, I, it would have been a long lecture right there. I was one of those kids where I would be like, just beat me, get it over with, don't lecture me. That's, that's how I was. Like, I, I don't care what the punishment is, let me suffer the punishment, then to have be lectured at it. Moms are pretty good, aren't they? Moms kind of beat you and then they get you all emotional again and then they come back with you. I'm not talking about just physical. I'm talking about how dare you say that? What in the world would you say that to your mom? And it just goes on and it goes on. I'm just like, ah! Like, I know I did wrong. 30 minutes later, I do not need the reminder. Like, wait until your father gets home. Well, just kill me now. Just go ahead and get it over with. But yeah, we had this young man who got to the point we got too big for his britches. Oftentimes when we read this, I don't know about you, but I put myself in the people in the Bible's shoes. Has there been a time in my life where I'm like, man, I just want what I deserve? Not talking about hell, because it's amazing how he didn't want the bad things. He just wanted the good things from other people. I wonder in my life, or in our life, how many times we don't deserve something. The perfect example could be this. This morning we talked about prayer. Do you realize God doesn't have to give us a blessed thing? If he gives us heaven, that's all he needs to. By the way, that's a big, big gift. Santa Claus has nothing on my Savior. But you can only imagine... Our Heavenly Father, not having to give us anything, but yet He constantly, on a daily basis, provides and meets our needs. Oftentimes, I put myself even in the Father's shoes here. Maybe the Father was just trying to recover or bring His Son back to the full. I do not agree with the Father giving his portions to the son. But I can also see where a father's heart is just broken and he's trying to do everything that he possibly can to kind of help his son get back on his feet. We don't know the context to anything else but what God gives us. Maybe the father here simply, boy, he had his portions of good and he was doing very good. And he just wanted to be an extra blessing to his son. Maybe his son was already down on his luck. And maybe his son had already seen everybody else be blessed, and he just wanted to be blessed himself. Instead of saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Now we continue reading. It says in verse 14, and says, When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would not, and he would, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get some good old thing called H2O here. <clears throat> I said that he would vain have filled his belly with hus that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Hold on, we find this young man. 
being in a place that he had no business being, asking something that wasn't even his, and now we find him at a place that no one ever thought that he would be. A Jewish young man. He's not supposed to talk about it, eat it, be anywhere near it. But now he finds himself in a foreign land that wasn't intended for him. He finds himself working for somebody that he had no business working for, even to the point where now he's putting his face where no one ever thought that he would put his face. I don't know about you. I had a grandmother who loved me dearly. Oftentimes she would take me in the summer. Most of the time my mom and dad would be working and the summers would just absolutely be crazy. So that was my time for my mom to say to send me to my grandmother's house so I can keep my country roots the way that she used to live. Why would you do that to you? <laughs> so here I am being with grandmother. I had no problem being with grandma. I have a lot of great memories. But I remember grandmother didn't have a garbage disposal. She didn't have anything like that. She had two buckets on the side of the room. Well, one bucket here and one bucket on the other side. When you got to that point as a little lad where you, she knew that you weren't going to eat anymore, whether it was cereal or anything. By the way, the reason why I didn't eat any more of her cereal is because she lived far away from the store. And sometimes she ran out of milk. And when she ran out of milk, she got the milk in a can. Yes, welcome to my life. <laughs> this is called therapy. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie. <laughs> and I remember her pouring this onto the cereal. And I remember her saying, if I pour this onto the cereal, you better eat it. But I got to a point in time where it got soggy. And there was no hiding what I was eating anymore. Eventually, we get to the point where she would <clears throat> take it and we would just pour it out into the bucket. Well, eventually, that bucket would get full. And she would say, Jamie, it's time for you to take the bucket out. Well, I remember when she would tell me this because as a little lad, well, I would grab one five-gallon bucket and grab the other five-gallon bucket. Well, I would begin to make my way into the South Carolina heat. As I began to make my way in the South Carolina heat, I began to sway back and forth before going down the stairs. And as I swayed back and forth, a lovely perfume would period from this bucket. And boy, I remember hearing the And all of a sudden, a natural thing started happening to the body. Oh, most of you have been there, you've done that in this particular way. Oh, I remember, boy, splash, splash. Then all of a sudden, boy, grandma would say, go faster. And the reason why she said go faster because she knew what was about to happen. And it would happen, and it would sound like this. Faster. Faster did not help it because you were like, I was about to step into. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get ahead of me. 
we made our news 24 hours because there is not enough news to last for 24 hours. Amen. Oh, that even includes Fox News and CNN and everybody else because now they have to exaggerate everything and tell you how crazy. It's amazing. You can have a little shooting in a small town in America and all of a sudden it's made into this grand thing. Maybe some of us, looking at this story, need to realize that there are other prodigal sons out there. Maybe it's time for some of us to realize when someone walks in, they may not smell the way that we would want them to smell. They may not look the way that we would want them to look. But they're just as important Amen. as you are yes, to our Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you went looking for that prodigal son? Boy, it would change your soul winning when you go up to that door and you're like, Lord God, I don't know whose house this is. But Lord God, maybe there's a grandma somewhere who's been praying that someone go to their boy family member's house. Someone, boy, shares with them the gospel. Someone does something extraordinary for their family. And that someone... It's us. God using us despite of us. But yet we oftentimes ask people, are you this prodigal son? Have you been away? We've become pretty good at hiding, haven't we? We know that we can be going through a rough time and we know exactly what to say to everybody, how to look to where everything seems 
buttoned up. But on the inside, we're hurting. On the inside, we're like the children of Israel. We're looking back to Egypt and just wondering if we can go back a little bit more and be what we used to be. But there's another young man in here. This other young man was the elder son. This other young man, in verse 25, it says, Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. And he heard the music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. And there came his father out, and entreated him. We find this other son, you could say he was weary and well-doing. This other son was doing what we know everything the way that he should. But oftentimes, even when we tell this story of this other son, we oftentimes think, well, that other son messed up too. Instead of him rejoicing that the prodigal son came home, he was angry because he had done everything the way that he should have. Maybe that could also be said that that's you and me. We're living our life we're doing what we're supposed to do. But it seems like God blessing other people other than us. Can I tell you this? We better not get too big for our britches. Amen. God is a good and merciful God. But it's also his timing. Not our timing. Yes, sir. By the way, can I tell you this? We don't know who the greatest Christian is here. We don't know who the greatest Christian even is in this church. It would be a mighty surprising when we get to heaven and that person that we thought, boy, was that sinner, that person that we thought it seemed like they couldn't get victory, but God named them the chiefest of all of us. Boy, it could be that person that all of a sudden, boy, they have to sit in the back because they have to run in and out because they have to grab a cigarette because they're so addicted to the nicotine and stuff. Boy, that they're out there, but they're giving it everything that they have to be in church. Boy, they have to sacrifice. Boy, they have to even put down their pride and ask somebody to take them to church. Boy, they have no money to put in the offering plate. But literally, they're giving all they have just to be faithful. We see when the one person just gave a little bit, how God pointed that out to everybody who had given a lot. Can I tell you, in our life, oftentimes we ask people, which one are you? Boy, are you the one that is prideful? Boy, God has done a lot for you, but I want more. Or are you the type of individual, boy, where you're doing everything right, but let me warn you, it only takes one time for you to destroy your family name. Most of the time, when someone mentions this and they talk about the other person, I immediately go to, well, he messed up too. Well, he wasn't perfect too. But tonight, it was a long introduction to point you to another person not named the father. 
but to me is more important than all the other characters in the story. Oftentimes, this person never ever gets acknowledged. This person never ever is asked their opinion, but yet we see this person being faithful at the task, no matter where they are in the story. If you turn your attention to me, to verse 17, it says, And when he came to himself, that is the one son who decided, I need to repent, I need to return of myself, and now he's coming back to his father. He said, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father had bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Then all of a sudden in verse 19, it says, and, and am no worthy to be called thy son, make me one of the hired servants. Then all of a sudden in verse 22 it says this. We find him not only being with one son, but now all of a sudden we find him being with the father. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the fat, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Then all of a sudden we find him with the other son. And it says he called one of the servants, in verse 26, and asked what these things meant. That's the other son. We find, no matter what character that we mentioned before, we find an individual being called the servant. The servant was always faithful. No matter what time it was, we find the servant being faithful doing his job, and doing it well to where the master has acknowledged it. Let me ask you this. We know the Lord as God, and we should. But do you know the Lord as your master? I'm tired of this world redefining God's definition. Oh, the perfect example I can give you is pride. Pride has now taken a total different turn than the way that God has it. You can't even use the word cool. The word cool means three or four different things. The world doesn't even know. It all depends on the season and what's going on. Oh, if you call somebody fat, it was an intimidating thing. It was a thing to belittle somebody. Now it's pretty hot and tempting. Oh, God's definition when it comes to this word master is not a thing of a person whipping somebody into submission. It's a thing of somebody who has supreme authority in the direction that you should go. Our Lord God did something for me that nobody else has ever done. Did something that even my mom and dad has never ever done. And that's give his life for me. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, he paid a debt that I owed. The least that I could do is be faithful to him. The least that I could do is find out but what pleases my master. The least that I could do is to be found faithful. To one day he would say, well done. 
good and faithful we find here that the servant never ever was asked anything. What do you feel about the two prodigal sons? What do you think about that? But yet we find the servant always being faithful. See, before the fatted calf could ever be fat, someone had to feed it. Someone had to wake up early. Someone not only had to feed the calf, can I tell you, it's a little bit more weight to carry when you have to feed the calf than what you have to do when to feed the swine. Boy, but somebody had to get up early. Someone didn't get any credit for getting up early, but every farmer that raises beef to eat knows that next one that's going to be on the dinner table. Ooh, she's starting to get plump. Ooh, boy, she's looking good. For those of you who love organic, can I tell you this? I love organic too. In fact, I can call myself a vegetarian because I eat meat and meat eats vegetables. All of a sudden, someone's got to put out the hay. Someone's got to wake up at an ungodly hour to do the chores. Someone has to be entrusted enough to where the prodigal son comes back home. He knows exactly who to go to. Who's not going to judge him. Who's not going to kick him back out. Who's not going to shame him. Who's going to literally tell him exactly what he needs to do to get back to his father. Amen. Then we find the father. Where literally the father... I can only imagine in my mind as I read this story. I think of a parent who is now exhausted every means to help their child. To the point where they're now giving them something to try to just help uplift their spirits. But now that child is now taking that and used it for bad. I can only imagine as word probably got back to that father what his son was doing with the inheritance. How that father's heart was probably broken. I imagine that father every single day praying for that lost and weary child. I imagine that father, boy, praying out to God. And boy, just taking it to God every single day. I imagine that father being in the chair just rocking back and forth. Maybe it was time that he was praying, and boy, they were praying for that weary son, and all of a sudden, there was one that was next to him. There was one that was that servant. He wanted to be faithful to his master. Maybe it was that time, boy, where he could tell that the master's voice was beginning to crack. The master was beginning to get, boy, a little bit dry, and in his voice from speaking to the guy. And then all of a sudden, boy, he went to go get him some fresh squeezed lemonade. Boy, I'm here in the south. Some sweet tea. Amen. And all of a sudden, boy, as he went to go get it, all of a sudden he saw someone coming down the road. Oh, that someone looked like the one that they've been praying for this whole time. And all of a sudden, he said, Master, 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 there he is. And all of a sudden, boy, the dad tears off, boy, down the road, and he greets his son. And notice when he greets his son, he didn't come back and say, Hey, servant, hey, get over here. The Bible said he turns to the servant. Why? Because if he was running, the servant was running too. Amen. 
to be in place. And then all of a sudden, the master turns to him. And he not only tells him, hey, let's get that robe that we've been talking about and put it on the sun. Hey, that tattered calf, you know the one that you've been telling me about? Hey, bless you. Not just let us eat, but let all of us eat. Amen. You realize when my son came home, we all get to rejoice. Because everybody's faithfulness has been lost. Can I tell you? Life hands us all craziness sometimes. Ups and downs. Sometimes we are the prodigal son. Sometimes we're trying to be the other son, but there's one person that every single one of us can be. And be a servant to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Church this size, everybody can find something to do. Amen. Well, I don't care if it's a door greeter. You're like, man, so and so beat me to the door, so I'm going to be out there in the parking lot. Waving at everybody as they come. Oh, keep beating me out there in the parking lot. Well, I'm going to be out there in the front of the road. Woo, this is the place. Hey, the world can stand there with the signs. I can stand there with the signs of my church. This way. Well, I can do something for God. Well, I can be that individual. There, I've got the parking lot and everything here. But I can be that person. Hey, let me walk you to your seat. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I see that you got a family. Man, that's a great thing. Hey, uh, one of our sister pastors, he's got like a, a gazillion kids. So here, let me let me walk you and introduce you to him and his wife. And then all of a sudden, boy, we take you where they take their kids. Somebody just finds a way Amen. to be faithful. It's good. But sometimes in life, everybody's not going to ask you your opinion. That's right. Just not. Sometimes, like I told you, our opinions stink. Amen. The more I think I know, when I truly find out, I didn't know. When it comes to the ministry, there are a lot of different ways things can happen and things can move. But there's one thing that we all can do. Is we all can be a part. We all can be a servant that found faith. When's the last time you walked up to Pastor and been like, Pastor, is there any way that I can help? Good. Pastor, I want to do something in the church. Pastor, do you need a, need a bus route? Pastor, I see that you got a building here. Pastor, I do know how to tear down some walls. I can't build anything, but Pastor, I can take a hammer and I can do some damage. Pastor, in fact, I had a bad work day. I mean, Pastor, if you need something to be knocked down, woo, now is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> Maybe it's just time for all of us to realize that we're really not anyone. But he's everything. And I want to be faithful to the master. That's why we even find earlier on in Luke chapter 5, when he got inside Peter's boat, when Peter realized who he was, he didn't say Lord, he used the word master. Amen. And then we find after God had truly worked with him and talked with him, we found him hitting his knees. Because even though he called him master, he realized that he was in his boat. And he had used him despite of him. And I tell you, God's been pretty good to us. I wonder how much more he wants to use us 
volunteered to be a servant. We got to a point in today where everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to lead. Everybody wants to lead. Everybody wants to have authority. Can I tell you this? You want to have authority, go to Washington, D.C. We have enough authority that lasts us a lifetime. And they can't get anything passed. Only thing they pass, it seems like, is when they want to give themselves a higher wage. It's amazing how they all come together and all in agreement for that. Maybe it's time that God's people decided that we're not trying to be anybody else in Luke chapter 15, sub 27. We just want to serve. Oh, how can we serve? You know, in a church this size, well, I imagine pastors probably has a dream or a vision that God has given him to have more sense than teaching. But he needs somebody willing to be a servant, willing to love those kids, willing to give up their time, to maybe go and visit them when nobody else was going to visit them. Do you realize there's areas here where there's churches there in the areas, but the churches aren't worth their salt. Right. They aren't worth the ground they live on. They need somebody to go to that area and tell them the greatest news that they've ever heard. That there is a reason for the season, and that reason is Jesus Christ. Amen. Someone's got to be a servant. Oh, you can be the other part of the son when I just don't run. I just don't see, I just don't have time. Or you can be the servant and be like, I'll make time. Yes. What do you need? What's it going to cost? Two hours, three hours? Well, I'll just wake up a little bit earlier, but to make sure that I'm being found. Some of you may not be able to go door to door. I told you that this morning. I even made the, 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 the smart comment of it's amazing how we can't go door to door for the Lord, but we can go door to door for Halloween. By the way, there's a recent speed butter cups in there. I can understand. <laughs> 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 you know, all right, thank you. Here's your track. <laughs> somebody in church Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, boy, when Wednesday comes, you're going to be like, nan, nan, boo-boo, pastor. I got more in church than you did. And Sunday, I'm just going to add to it. Amen. Why? Not for the numbers' sake, but just to be found faithful. Amen. Hey, in Joshua chapter 11, verse 15, it says, And as the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua and so did Joshua, Of <clears throat> uh, he left nothing undone 
of all the Lord commanded Moses. Oh, it's time for all of us to realize that we can't do everything. But we can do some things. And we can give it everything that we got. Tonight, are you surrendered? Lord God, however you want to use me, I'll be willing to use, be used. Are you that type of individual? Lord God, I'll be willing to be used as long as it has some authority with it. By the way, shame on you for thinking that way. The best leaders that have ever been in this United States of America have been the ones who didn't even want to lead. We talk about General George Washington. His man literally rode to his house and begged him to come back for a second term. And he set the president because this is the last time I will serve. And he said the presidents were there only being two terms where people serve. But literally, he did not even want to serve the first nor second time. But his man saw him as a servant. And boy, they wanted him to be rise up and to be a leader because the way that he served them when he led. Amen. Oh, wouldn't it be a great thing for God's people to serve? I love hearing stories of men of the past. Boy, how they served God, how they were faithful. I remember hearing <clears throat> from my pastor, he talked about riding with Boy, great men of the past. And they were riding through that wonderful state that you call Texas. Amen. And how they were going there and how one of the men, boy, he hadn't been there in years and years. And how he was just riding through the area and he began to cry. And he began to weep uncontrollably to where my pastor was like, sir, do we need to stop? Is everything okay? What's going on? And he said these words. He's like, I wonder. Oh, I wonder. I wonder. Is there anybody in this town? To tell these people that there is hope, that there is a reason for them to live, that someone does love them. He's like, I wonder if there's a church here that has a bus ministry. He's like, I wonder if there's a church here, boy, that loves these people enough to be their servant. Boy said his heart would break time and time and time again for people. When's the last time you? Servant of God, where your heart broke for someone. Where your heart yearned to help someone. When's the last time you helped somebody when it didn't benefit you? Oh, I'm not talking about just helping them, winning them to the Lord. But that's also nurturing them. I don't know about you, but... Actually, with me, it wasn't very hard. I was saved at the age of four. My parents' way of nurturing me is, you're going to church. Amen. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. Well, I mean, there, it, it would be warmed up a little bit if, if I didn't. But some of us that are older, we're babes in Christ. So we need to be prodded along, encouraged. Some of you... You may not be able to win them to the Lord, but you can be able to help prod them along. The servant just did his part. 
whenever he had an opportunity to be faithful. What is God asking you to do in your life? Maybe some of us, instead of just people watching, maybe we should be people searching. Lord God, will you bring somebody around my path today that I could help? Lord God, is there someone, is there, should I take a different path to work? Lord God, to help someone in need. We need our people to be faithful servants of God. I don't know, but some of us need to be faithful servants by knowing what we believe and why we believe it. Let me ask you this. Why are you a Baptist? Let me ask you this. Why do you dress the way that you dress? Why do you come to this church? Show me out of the Bible. Don't just tell me. A salesman worth his salt will tell you why he believes what he believes and how it's done and why you should come behind him and buy his product. But you wouldn't trust a salesman who works at Chevy but has a Ford truck, would you? Some of these people are like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a good man, we He's probably the person that works at the other. <laughs> but it makes you think twice about some things. It's kind of like a Christian who says that I'm a Christian, but when they go out in the world, they live the way of the world. Maybe it's time for some of us to be at both places. Maybe it's time for some of us to be it not only when we're at church, not only when we're at work, but when we're alone and nobody else is around. Because that's the time normally when the devil shows up. Or that's where the time where we become our worst enemy. Because we really truly realize who we are when no one else is around. What do you think about when no one else is around? It is said that a small mind thinks of people. But a mind that truly wants to do something thinks of ways to help people. When's the last time you just decided, Lord God, I surrender. Will you please just use me? Lord God, I don't care if it's scrubbing toilets. Lord God, I want to be the best toilet scrubber there possibly is. Lord God, we got a whirlpool here at the church. Lord God, it seems to be awesome. Hey, Lord God, let's stir that thing. Let's give Pastor the biggest problem that he's ever had in his entire life to where that thing just keeps getting dirty and dirty. Why? Because we keep baptizing people and baptizing people and baptizing people. Well, we got to figure out a different way of doing things. Maybe it should be where we give pastor another big problem where the church now is just getting so big that we now have to talk about another building project. Why? Because we're just finding other people, other people that need God, that need the truth, and we just want to be a servant willing to be used. I just don't want to be on the team. 
oftentimes we, like I told you, we have people that say that Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. Well, if that's the case, that means that we're in the fourth quarter. That means that we don't know how many days we have left. Normally, when it's pretty close, a coach will call timeout with maybe a minute left in the game. When he calls timeout with a minute left in the game, they all huddle. When they all huddle, they all huddle around, and the coach is like, all right, we can win this. We can do this. We can be victorious, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to do your job, and you're going to have to do your job, and you're going to have to do your job. And he draws it out to make sure that everybody's on the same page, and then all of a sudden, Coach K, who, who was with Duke, he would say, now let's go win this one because everybody has been faithful. The guy said, boy, that was like running through a wall because you knew that you were going to win the game as long as you just did your job. Can I tell you, we've already been guaranteed victory. Amen. The battle has already been won. But I don't want to be one of those people on the, on the bench that's just parading around. Woo, go team, go. I want to be one of those people that are in the game. I want to be one of those people where he points at me and says, hey, this is your mission. This is what I need you to be faithful at. Hey, let's go win it. What do you want to be? If I'm going to be in the game, I want God to use me in a great and mighty way. I remember back in the day, that was the thing. Boy, everybody just wanted to be used. Everybody just wanted to be used. Everybody just wanted to be used. Lord God, use me in any way. Now when I talk to pastors, you want to know what I get? It's hard to find anybody who wants to be used. Pastors tell me, oh yeah, they have individuals that they want to hire onto their staff, but they're like, well, here's how much money I need to make. And here's, boy, my stipulations. And the pastor's like, you want to make more money than I want to make. And I'm the pastor. Instead of people just being like, hey, pastor, if you're willing to use us, we're willing to work. Let it be said of the individuals in this church. When it's time to work, we're faithful. When it's time to pray, we're faithful. When it's time to serve, what do you need? Because we all are on the same accord, on the same team, just trying to be faithful to our Lord and Savior. It's time to get in it and be all out. Heavenly Father, we sure do need you. Lord God, we love you. We love that you, despite of us, uses us. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, may we have some individuals in this church to say, Lord God, I don't have much, but Lord God, whatever I do have, it's yours. Oh, Heavenly Father, I'm not like either prodigal son, but Lord God, I can be more like the servant. Lord God, I can be found faithful. Oh, Heavenly Father, please just use me. Oh, Lord God, maybe some of you, you say... Uh, Brother Jackson, I just don't have very long. You can say, Lord God, whatever I do have, will you use me? Will you help me go out with a bang? Will you help me have victory? Will you help me be more than just a conqueror?
where you can help me when it's all said and done. Not only will you say it, but everybody around me will say, boy, that was a good servant of God. But God doesn't push himself upon anybody. But he does ask for us to be faithful. Will you be faithful? Will you keep being faithful? Will you decide tonight that nothing's going to stop you? And you're going to keep going until one day when we have the marriage supper of the Lamb and God turns to us. He can say, let us eat. And you don't have to hold your head down. Because you did your part here on earth. And now you get to celebrate with God in heaven. Oh, if God has spoken to anybody in here, we ask that you please just be faithful. We love that this church has an old-fashioned altar. When's the last time you've been there? When's the last time that you bowed your knee to Heavenly Master? Oh, you can fool me, but you can't fool him. But now would be the perfect time to make sure that you and him are on the same page. Brother?